Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. to be preaching the Word of God today, and I, I'm, I love this because Ian's, Ian's my son, and, and, I, and he gave me his outline last night, and I tell you what, I, was, I said, yes, yes, I felt so excited about the sermon, and, and I believe that God's going to speak to you through him today, and that's the beauty of the Word of God. God's Word is already powerful, but when it is declared and when it is preached and made practical, it gets into our hearts and lives and changes us. So again, my prayer is that every single one of us will be impacted and that we will be different when we leave here because of what the Word of God is doing. So will you guys welcome Ian to the platform as he preaches God's Word today? Thank you, Dad. Well, today my message is entitled, When I'm Weak... I am strong. There's a little picture of a guy who's climbing a mountain. Now, when I was little, I knew the importance about strength. I had two older brothers, and we would wrestle often, and I would lose all the time. Now, I knew that to be a a big man, I needed to be strong, and I knew it was very, very important to be strong, but with my older brothers always beating me, it kind of felt like, oh, would I ever be strong? Would I ever be able to beat my older brothers in wrestling? But uh, one of my favorite Bible characters was actually Samson. And Samson was one of those characters that had a, a God-given actual physical strength where he could do amazing and incredible things. And I wanted to be just like Samson. And one day... As I was reading my Bible, I heard this very, very odd and backwards phrase. This phrase came from Paul. It says, when I'm weak, I'm strong. What does that mean? What in the world does it mean to be strong when you're weak? It didn't make sense to me, and I asked God, please begin to reveal this to me. Be careful what you pray for. But God had been revealing that to me for for many years. And one day, I actually got to really understand the heart of that message, when I'm weak, I'm strong. And this actually was just a few months ago. In the month of September, September 8th, and I was just going through my own stuff. I just had a a few difficulties I was going through, and I, I felt a bit overwhelmed. And I just decided to go for a hike. Usually I go for a walk or a hike and it clears my mind and I'm able to really focus on God and, and just realign my, my focus. But this happened to be one of the hottest days in the summer. Now, during the week, it was like maybe mid-90s, but this day was actually 110 degrees. And I didn't realize it. Now, I went to go hiking. Actually, Mom, you don't know this story. I'm sorry. I, t- I didn't tell you for a reason. Now, now, I went out to a place I usually like to go to hike, and, and uh, a place that where, where I just feel refreshed and relaxed. And so I, I took a small bottle with me for water, 
and I had a stick with me and I had my hat for shade and I just started to go and walk and just to refresh myself and refresh myself in the Lord. As I was walking, I really started to feel the heat. I was like, man, it's getting hot. It was uh, probably one o'clock and I continued to walk and just enjoy myself. I had my earbuds with me and I was just listening to some fun songs on my own personal playlist. As I was walking, I was just relaxed and, and happy. And I realized like, wow, I've gotten through half of my water and it's still really hot. And it seems like it's getting hotter. I was like, ah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And as I was walking, I noticed on the side of the path, this giant plastic water bottle that was filled with water or mostly filled with water. And I was like, man, I remember there was a time like that where, where God intervened and he gave me water when I needed it. And man, isn't God great? I remember the, the amazing miracles that God has done for me. Wow, that's awesome. God, you're great. As I, I kept walking and walking, I was like, you know what? I think it's time to turn back. I've gotten through most of my water. I'm starting to get even hotter. It's time to go back. But the thing was, I was in an area where I was not very familiar with the paths to get back to where my car was. So I just started walking back and, and I started to notice places where I had already been before. And again and again. And then I started to panic because I was very tired. I had gotten through all of my water and I pulled up my, my phone to, for my maps to like direct me out and it couldn't pinpoint where I was. And then I got really nervous and then I actually started to panic. And then I, usually whenever I'm in situations like this, I call my dad. But it was very, very odd. In this moment, I knew that if I called my dad, first off, he wouldn't be able to help me right off the bat because I was lost in the woods. But also if I did that, I knew in my head, if I, if I was starting to call out to help to my dad, that I would actually begin to panic and I would realize I'm in a very, very dangerous situation. And so I decided not to call my dad because it would tip me over the edge. So I remembered that water bottle. I was like, well, I'm out of water. I can probably find that water bottle. So I went back and I found that water bottle and it was so hot. It was so, like it burned my hands. I'd hold the, the cap of it just to show you how hot it was. And I grabbed it. And I was like, well, might as well. I mean, uh. so I said, Lord Jesus, bless this water. Amen. And then I tasted some of it, and it tasted like really, really hot tea. And I was like, hmm. But then I went to a place where it was a, it was a reservoir that I was right next to. And so I, I walked over to the water, and, and, uh, and I just sat there like, what am I going to do? And then I just began to pray, to call out to God, because I realized I was in a very, very deadly situation. And I turned off my private playlist of fun, happy songs. I was like, God, I actually really need to focus because I'm very scared and I very well may lose my life. And so what I did is there's a playlist that my church has and it's for our worship team. It's 
the playlist that we use for our worship songs for this church. And I turned that on and I just began to worship. And I put my eyes on God and God began to calm me down as I was panicked. And I began to have peace and even a little bit of joy. And in that moment, I was, be, I was able to then think rationally. I was like, okay, here's what I need to do. I need to cool myself off. I've hiked the Grand Canyon with my dad before, so I had an idea of what to do. And so I actually then got into the water of the reservoir, which was not the cleanest water. And then I took off my t-shirt and I dunked it in the water and I wrapped it around my head like a wild man. And I was like, this will help keep my head cool. And I know that's what I need to do. I need to keep my head cool. And then I put on my earbuds, even though my head was soaking, and I just began to worship God. And I just took things a step at a time. And whenever I found a shady place, I would sit down and just rest. And anytime there was a cloud overhanging the sky, I would just relax and wait. But then as soon as that cloud was gone, I would have to get up and start walking again. I was in a very desperate overwhelming situation. But in the end, I was able to get out of that. And honestly, if I wouldn't have called out to God and he would not have given me that peace to think rationally and to give me joy and I didn't worship, then I very well may have lost my life. And as I continued to walk, I was like, huh, doesn't feel very hot anymore. Because it kind of feels a little cold. And I got like a chill. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. That means that I'm I'm about to have like a heat stroke. Because I'm not sweating anymore. Oh, that's not good. So I was just like, come on, God, you can get me through this. Just one step at a time. And then I found something else that was pretty amazing. But to y'all, it probably wasn't. But it was a half-drunk bottle of Gatorade. And I was like... I know about electrolytes and you need electrolytes to help you sweat because if you can't sweat anymore, then you die. So I was like, well, God saved me the first time. The water didn't kill me. Uh, Lord Jesus, let's get rid of And then I drank it and then I just continued to walk, uh, to walk on and I was able to get out of that situation. Whenever I saw my car, it was like a dream. It's like, I never expected to see this again my car with a cracked windshield. I was like, wow, I love this car. I got in and I turned on the AC and I called my dad. I was like, hey, uh, I almost died, but it's okay. Just don't tell mom. And then and the dad said, come home and, uh, and eat salt and pickles and uh, some other things like that. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. So then I spent the next like few months recovering and I, I had just like... I had like migraines and, and, uh, and even if I was in the heat for just like a a few minutes, like I started to go back to that place where I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. It was crazy. Sorry, mom. I made it through. It's okay. I survived y'all. But here's the thing. I was in a very, very weak and vulnerable state. Whenever I looked to God, began to worship to him and take my eyes off of the situation, put it on God that he was able to help me through that. And he gave me the strength, the wisdom, and the joy that I needed to get through that obstacle. Now, we're no stranger 
We're no strangers to overwhelming difficulties and, and challenges and trials. And we're going to go through many in our lives if we're not going through some already right now. And what I want to encourage you with is to worship God during those difficulties and those trials. Because whenever you worship God, you take your eyes off of the situation, you put it on God, and God is able to do amazing and miraculous things. So whenever you're weak, you're in that vulnerable place, you can be made strong through Christ. Now that's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. And I want to really dig into this a little bit. He says, and now, now Paul, for, for the context of, of this, he was, um, he was going through his own difficulties. Now, he was no stranger to difficulties and trials and challenges. And he, he spent a lot of himself just planting churches and doing all kinds of remarkable, amazing ministry. And Paul, for this particular trial that he was going through, he doesn't make it absolutely clear. He's very vague about it. And it could just have been a, a personal obstacle or a trial or whatever. But he reached out to God and he said, God, take this away from me. And he said, three times I asked God to take this, this thorn, uh, this thorn in my side away from me, something that nags and brings me down and torments me. He prayed to God and God said, well, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect through weakness. So Paul called out to God to get him out of this overwhelming difficulty. God said, well, how about this? My grace is sufficient for you. Now, something to keep in mind is that God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He doesn't expect us to have us, expect us to have things all together all the time. He knows we're going to make mistakes. He knows we're going to mess up. But the beautiful thing is, is that God's grace fills in for what we can't do and for our mistakes, our failures. And through that, we can do more things than we could if without him. Or it really, if you feel like you've got it all together, then honestly, you don't need God's grace. You don't need God. And if that's the case, then you're not able to fulfill your God-given purpose and your destiny because you need God. Because otherwise, it's impossible. You need God to do these things. And now Paul, he continues on, and he says, this is why for Christ's sake, which he just goes to the extreme, he says, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul views difficulties and hardships and trials, he views them as a way to become stronger because he realizes that whenever he's at the end of his own strength, then God comes in, does the rest. And honestly, these difficulties and these hardships, it teaches us to lean on God before we lean on ourselves and our own abilities and, and talents and with that, we can lean on God, and he does amazing things. Now, 
it's, it's a bit frustrating that God allows us to go through overwhelming difficulties and, and trials like this. But God, he really prefers to work with weak people. He prefers to work with people who are unequipped. He prefers to work with people who are outcasts, who are not thought of as the ones to use. He likes to use those people. After all, he called David the shepherd boy, the one that was forgotten by his dad, to be the king of Israel. David's older brothers, they were strong, they were mighty, they were in the army. But David, he was just taking care of the sheep. And God used him to rule Israel. Now you may feel like you've gone through a lot and you may feel like, how in the world could God use me? Paul was the same way. Before he began his amazing ministry, he was persecuting Christians. Blood was on his hands. Because of him, many Christians were persecuted and killed. And Paul had to deal with that. How in the world could Paul the Christian murderer be used to spread the name of Jesus. God's like, watch this. I got this. Moses, he was a stutterer. He was a murderer. He was an old man, an 80-year-old man. And God used him to be one of the greatest heroes of faith. In Isaiah 42, he writes, A bruised reed he does not break, referring to God, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Now, to us, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. We, can, we know what a wick is. But a bruised reed refers to a stalk of wheat, and a stalk of wheat that's been either bent or broken, so that it probably won't produce anything for the harvest. And Isaiah's writing that normally people take those out and break them, but God doesn't. He, he nurses it and he brings it back to life however he can. Smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. We know candles, right? But to them, wicks were more important. They were lamps and lanterns. They were sources of light that sometimes we... we we take for granted with, with car lights and, and city lights and everything. But back in those days, it was pitch black without a lamp or a lantern. And sometimes those lanterns would get to the end of their wick and they would sputter and they would start to go out. And at that point, it would be time to take it out and get a new one. But God doesn't. He's different. He tries to nurse it and make it work as long as it can. Who knows? There's probably another spark in there. It can probably be lit again. And that's how God views us. Even though we've made many mistakes, he doesn't just throw you away and get something new. He wants to work with you because he wants to show his glory through you. Another way to view it would be like, say, an empty lighter. What do we do with an empty lighter? We throw it away and we buy a new one. They're like a dollar. But God is different he would refill that lighter and continue to use it. 
What about like, like dull scissors? I work with scissors a lot. Whenever they can't cut anymore, what do you do? You throw them, up, throw them away and get some new scissors. After all, they're pretty inexpensive. But God is different. What he would do is he would get those scissors and then he would sharpen them on a whetstone and then use them again. What about like a, a cracked mug? You drop a mug on the ground. Maybe it's not even your favorite mug. And it's like, well, time to throw it away. But God works differently. He'll piece it back together and he'll make it whole again. Like with that lighter, whenever you lose your passion and you're empty, God fills you back up again and he doesn't throw you away. With dull scissors, you've lost your edge. You can't be productive anymore. God sharpens you once again. With a broken and cracked mug, when we're broken, when we're in pieces, God makes us whole again. And that's the beauty of God. In Isaiah 40, 29, Isaiah writes, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. So it's not about how imperfect you are, but it's all about how perfect God is. So are you going through an overwhelming difficulty right now? Are you going through a trial? Something that's bringing you to the end of your own strength? Well, great. Paul says that's a good thing because in that time, what you can do is you can quit trying to make it work and you can give it to God. And then God will empower you. He'll strengthen you to do the impossible just like God was able to do whenever I was in the woods, lost, about to die. God strengthened me and got me out of there. He, he provided miracles and wisdom with, and he gave me peace that calmed me, down, calmed me down and gave me joy. And a, a way to, to really engage with this, this making yourself strong when you're weak, a great way to do this is to engage in worship. Because worship does a bunch of amazing things, which my dad mentioned a few. But whenever you are engaging with worship, it takes your eyes off of yourself and your situation and it puts it on God. It also involves God in the situation so that he has a personal stake to overcome this trial with you. And it gives you peace and joy and it calms your nerves so you can continue taking steps forward. Now, on the City Life app, just like my dad mentioned, I have on there the official uh, Spotify playlist. So if you do have Spotify, I would very much encourage you to look at that. But that was the playlist that I was listening to as I was trekking through the woods. <laughs> Whenever I finally got out with my, my stick and my, my turban, my shirt off, I looked like a wild man, but I was full of the joy of the Lord. <laughs> And even though you may not look pretty as you go through your trial and as you get through it, you'll have the joy and peace of the Lord. Whereas Nehemiah writes, you'll have uh, the, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. So if you're going through something like that, I do actually want to pray for you guys. And I want to bless y'all 
So um, I'm going to pray for y'all. If, if you uh, right now are, are going through a difficulty or, or a trial or, or something, it feels like it's impossible, something that's overwhelming, it's bringing you to the end of your own strength, then I just want you to, with no one looking around, just raise your hand so that I can connect my faith with you. And I just want to pray for you. Thank you. I, I see your hands. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you that even though we make mistakes and oftentimes we feel empty and dull and and broken, that you want to make us whole again. You want to sharpen us. You want to fill us back up with your spirit. Lord, even though we don't like these trials, we can say, just like Paul, we delight in weaknesses and hardships and difficulties because it reminds us to lean on you. You're the source of our strength. So Lord, I pray for those here today that just need a touch from you. I pray you would bless them. I pray that you would give them peace. I pray the joy of the Lord would be their strength. I pray, God, that you minister to their hearts. I pray that you make it known that you are walking with them, that you've not left them, you've not abandoned them. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more, and where grace is found is where you are. And where you are, Lord, I'm free. Holiness is Christ in me. Thank you, God, for everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, guys. I mean, you know, Ian, that was was a crazy day. Uh, And, and of course, Rebecca, we, we didn't share that with you on purpose. He asked me not to. He asked me not to. Yes. Well, trust me, it wasn't on the Trinity Trails. But you can't get lost there, you just follow the river. But but I remember whenever I told you and I called you on the phone, I was like, hey, Dad, that was pretty crazy. You were like, wow, because I was praying for you that yeah. whole time. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. Yes, and that, that's exactly what happened. Uh, I, I remember that, that day, and I was just thinking, okay, I know how hot it is, and I know Ian went out hiking four hours ago. Uh, haven't heard from him. And just kept praying, praying. But but that is, you, you just step over here. And th- but that is, that is one of the ways. Like when you're weak, you're strong. But God does provide miracles. And I know, like a half drunk bottle of water, that may sound nasty to someone. But when it was an oasis, then yeah, it is. And the the half drunk bottle of Gatorade. And of course, you remember the time when we were out uh, camping on this island several years ago. We ran out of water. And we started praying. Yes. It's like, God, you got to provide water. And we, so we started searching for water. And we found uh, we found several bottles, half-drunk bottles of water. A case of water bottles. And then we found a case of water bottles. Uh, I'm sure it was all hot and everything like that. And I told the story. People said, you never should have drunk it. You know, it has. it's going to have a... 
infection in We're her still voice. Alive. It's like, no, it's you fine. know what? You blessed it. <laughs> when we, God brought it. And, and th- but those are the kind of miracles that God works. When you're weak, you're strong, but you're relying on the Lord. Yeah. And God provides not, not, just, not just emotionally, uh, not just physically, but, but God provides other, uh, other sources of, as well. So God bless you. Thank you for sharing that Thank with you. us. Thank you so much. Next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching. I, I'm really excited about a new series. I'm starting next Sunday. It's called The Time Is Now, but that's actually the title of my message next Sunday. And I'm going to be giving four now statements regarding where, uh, re- regarding setting your year in motion. Four now statements, things you need to do now. Now, now, now. And it's a strong word. I, I felt very strong about this for several weeks. So I, I'm excited to share that with you. And, and I believe that these four now statements, what they do is they provide Holy Spirit impetus for the year. And every single one of us, we need to be encouraged in the Lord. We need the Lord's help. And so I'm, I'm going to be sharing that series next week, uh, beginning that series next week with the four now statements. So I don't want you guys to miss that at all. Well, I'm going ahead and, and pray a prayer of dismissal. Will you guys please stand with me? And, and God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with my brothers and sisters today in church. Thank you, God, for the people who are joining us online. I pray blessing to every person who's online. Also blessing to every person in this room and those who, are, who weren't able to make it today as well. And God, I, I pray that you will take these words, that you'll put them deep into our hearts and that we will live this out this week, leaning into you, relying on you, that when we are weak, we are actually strong when we're in you. In Jesus' name. And may God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. So make Jesus known this week. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org. God bless.